Hi everyone, this is a personal synthesis podcast. Today we are talking about reasoning and with me is Dr. Nesh Popovic, creator of the personal synthesis. Good afternoon, Nesh. How are you? Hi, Bobby. I'm very well. How are you? Very well, thank you. Today's weather is little better. <laughs> the weather so, is a little bit better uh, yeah, today. A little bit, yes. I'm feeling better already. Because of lower temperatures. Yes. Yes, yes. yes. We are lucky here in London. We have not very hot weather, which is really nice. Oh, I just came yeah. back from outside and it was actually pleasant. I can imagine that it affects your thinking too. Really? So that's what we're going to yeah. talk about today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's see how it goes. I like to begin with a question, like always. I would like to ask you to explain our listeners uh, what reasoning actually is. Well, in personal synthesis, we provide practical, useful definition. That's why we call it practical reasoning. So reasoning is from that perspective is an ability to make assessment, judgments, draw conclusions and form views and ideas. In short, it's about thinking. And that capacity to think depends on our ability to hold several pieces of information in awareness and connect them in a way that is helpful to deal with an issue and situation. So thinking can be very, very helpful. Bobby, do you like thinking? Yes. And do you think that you think well? Uh, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) I mean, uh, I cannot be objective about that, but I think... The older I get, my opinions and thinking are uh, more mature. Mature. Yeah. So you're more aware that you may not always think in the best possible way. You're more open to arguments that may not align with your own and so on. Is that, yes, what, yes. Is that what you're yes, saying? Yes, that's yes, true. Yeah. And yes. actually, it's uh, getting easier for me to accept different opinion you know i'm not ready to admit i'm not always right it's it's very common that uh, young people think that they're always right and very rarely allow their views to be challenged and what do you think why this is the case i think maybe because of inexperience right You pointed something very important. Experience actually moderates our thinking. When we are very young, we think that we are always right because we haven't been proven wrong uh, enough times, to put that in simple terms. (laughs) And we are often not completely right. Probably every day, each of us makes some kind of uh, thinking mistakes. And this is uh, because thinking is a very, very complex thing. Yesterday, I spoke to a friend of mine who is a painter, and we concluded that the most uh, tricky thing in painting is to translate a three-dimensional, let's say, face into a two-dimensional medium as a painting. Now, with thinking, it's even more difficult because you are translating a three-dimensional life experience into one-dimensional linear thinking. And not only what is in front of you, but also all uh, the connections between uh, various pieces of information and so on. So it's very complex. And it's not surprising that we sometimes make mistakes 
But as you mentioned, we also have a tendency to overestimate our abilities. The research shows that we think that we are better thinker than we are, and we think that everybody else is worse thinker than they are. Yes. <laughs> so there is a discrepancy in this respect, and yet it's really, really important to think well. That makes a huge difference in life. So we'll talk about now the challenges to our thinking. And the first one is what I call a lazy thinking. Thinking is actually effortful. To think well, you need to put effort. The brain takes a lot of energy anyway, a disproportionately more energy than it should take, considering its size, more than any other organ in the body. And when you think hard, it takes even more energy. It's really effortful. So reasoning can be seen as agility or fitness of the mind, which means that it can be strengthened through practice. The more you exercise your reasoning, the better you will be at it. As physical exercise makes our body firmer and nicer, exercising our reasoning capacity makes our thoughts nicer and more elegant and better. If we don't exercise our thinking, the opposite happens. We backslide into lazy thinking. I want to bring some examples of what lazy thinking is. Do you have anything in mind? Maybe generalizing. Yes, yes. Overgeneralizing is a very good example. Yeah, this lazy yeah. thinking because we simplify things. When we overgeneralize, we don't take into account the complexity of the situation, of exceptions. So that's about making general judgments on the basis of a very limited experience, a few instances uh, or a particular situation. Can you give me an example of yeah. overgeneralizing? Yes, overgeneralizing is very, very present around us. For example, at summer vacation, some of my friends had uh, some bad experience with a couple of people. So when they came back, I'm asking how it is. And their answer uh, was, there are bad people over there. Yeah. Don't go there. There are all bad people, uh, bad country, bad, bad everything. So I started thinking... <laughs> all people are bad because of your personal experience with one or two men. This is a, an excellent example and very common example. I would say that all things like xenophobia, racism, and all the, all those other things are a result of stereotyping or overgeneralizing and so on. I just wonder, have you had any experience of generalizing in personal relationships? It's not always about other people. Sometimes we generalize with people who are very close to us. For example, when you have an argument, you may say, oh, you never do dishes. And that, that's <laughs> most likely is not true. It is possible that your partner is not doing dishes very often. But saying never, always, and all, usually is some kind of overgeneralization. Of course, I had many examples, not only with partners, with my father, my mother. <laughs> right, never... right, right, right. You yeah. know how yeah. easy it yeah. is for us yeah. to say, you never yeah. do that. You never do that. You yes. never do that. <laughs> I yes. always do that. I always do that. And That's right. That. And it's very difficult to catch ourselves when we do these things. One way to do that is paying attention to your language. 
And whenever you use terms like never, always, or all, like let's say all politicians are crooks or something like that, just ask yourself, is that really true? Challenge yourself when you notice that you're using such words. Yeah, yeah, that's a very common thing. Yes, absolutely. And we do these things because we have actually two ways of thinking. I don't know if you noticed that. Can I just ask you for a few moments, just to count? Of course. When you get to 50, stop. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Have you noticed something strange while you're counting? There is another faint stream of thoughts going behind. While you're counting, at the same time, you may be thinking, oh, what I'm going to have for lunch or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, not about lunch, I was thinking about some other thing. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I'm not going to get into details what you were thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I remember <laughs> I need to do something later afternoon. The seconds I was thinking how I'm going to do that <laughs> while I was counting. And that's really interesting. We have two types of thinking that may be happening at the same time. Daniel Kahneman, who is the only psychologist who won a Nobel Prize, pointed out that we have two modes of thinking, fast and slow. Your conscious thinking is relatively slow. Then you have the stream of spontaneous fast thinking or thoughts that come to your mind uninvited. The advantage of that, of course, is that that thinking is fast. But because it's fast, you can make a lot of mistakes. That fast thinking is prone to mistakes. So lazy thinking relies heavily on that fast thinking. We don't want to put an effort. We don't want to actually exercise our reasoning ability, and we just allow those spontaneous thoughts to take over. But that has many disadvantages. Uh, We make more mistakes, particularly in more complex situations. It can work well, but in many complex situations, it may lead to wrong conclusions and decisions. Also, lazy thinking is not very good for grasping different points of view and resolving interpersonal conflicts. When we have an argument, we want to respond very quickly and we allow that fast thinking to take over and we say things that we regret later. That's also very common. Yeah, yeah, yes, very common. So what else besides overgeneralizing? Is there anything else on our website? We have five examples five categories of what we call lazy thinking, but we don't need to list all five here. The listeners can go on the website and have a look, but I wonder if you have something else that is close to your heart. Uh, Yeah, uh, rigidity. Rigidity, okay. Give us an example of rigidity. For me, it's one of the most dangerous things that you cannot accept that your opinion is not the only right opinion in yes that situation and unwillingness to accept that some of the people has a different point of view that's very interesting and i wonder if you what do you think why this is the case 
I can think about many examples. If you go online, so many people exhibit that kind of rigid thinking, not being open to consider different points of view. So why is that? What do you think? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's, uh, it's in our uh, nature. I think that one of the reasons is because we like to think that we think well. We're, we don't like to be proven wrong. And the lazier you are in thinking, paradoxically, the more likely you are to stick to your guns and be very rigid in your thinking, because subconsciously you know that your thinking can be easily challenged. And that would make you feel that you're not thinking well. But good thinkers don't take that route. They're saying, the more I expose my views, the more I hear other perspectives, the more I can exercise my thinking ability. It's not about, if you like, the end result. It's about the process. It's about engaging with challenges. And being curious, that's what makes our thinking not only useful, but nice, a good experience. Again, you can compare that with a physical exercise. So you may decide to do some running or any other activity. But really, what is important is the process. You may say, okay, I want to go around my park or something like that. But the destination doesn't really matter. What matters is the process. That's how you improve your muscles. And through that process and exposure to other views, you improve your thinking muscle. Thank you, Nesh. Is there anything else that is challenged to our thinking? Well, the other thing that is very common is a bias thinking. Bias thinking means that your conclusions are not based on your experience of facts and good reasoning by some other indirectly related factors, and most commonly based on your feelings, how you feel, you, you, your thinking is influenced by your own mood or by liking or disliking somebody. Typically, you may think that somebody must be a nice person because you find them attractive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, and that's that's very common. And yet, I mean, you can see that in movies, usually good guys are good looking guys, <laughs> bad no, guys and bad looking guys. <laughs> and this is, this is totally, totally unrelated in reality. But we like to think that what we like, what we find appealing, also has other positive characteristics. And this is something that politicians take advantage of. The other thing is interest or gains. Your assessments and conclusions are influenced by possible benefits or losses. So you basically use your thinking to justify why you support certain side. But behind that is knowing that you are going to benefit from that in some ways. So you are not objective. You are just used thinking to justify something that will bring some benefits to you. And the last one is unexamined beliefs. You base your conclusions on taking for granted but questionable assumptions. Prejudice is a good example of that. When you have uh, prejudice about something and you take that assumption as truth, as absolute truth that is not examined. 
very often our assumptions, it's not our thinking process, but our assumptions, if unexamined, may lead wrong conclusions, even if you think well. Yeah, yeah. And for me, biased thinking paved the way to overgeneralizing. This is a very good point, because biased thinking and lazy thinking actually support each other negatively. Yeah. So indeed, biased thinking can lead to rigidity, overgeneralizing, and all sorts of other challenges to our good thinking. Do you feel that your thinking is biased sometimes or not? Uh, sometimes, yes. I think every person sometimes has biased thinking. Okay. Especially about our loved ones, you know, that's natural. Natural, but is it good? Let me just give you an example. Imagine you have a very good friend, a friend that you really like, and she has a problem in a relationship. She had a big argument with their partner, and you start thinking to that friend, and she is really bad-mouthing her partner. Now, she's a good friend, and she's, and she's saying to you how that partner is horrible and, and try to present situation in which she's completely right, her partner is completely wrong. You kind of feel that may not be very accurate representation of situation because you know her partner too, and you may you know think, well, I doubt that he would behave in that way or something like that. But she's your very good friend. Would you take her side? Even if you uh, think that she is likely to be wrong there. I've been many times in situations like that. I do say, hey, you're not right, but not in front of other people. Right, I don't, right. I don't okay. do that. I never do that in front of other people. You summarized well a good way of dealing with such a situation. Obviously, when we have a friend in distress, you want, first of all, to listen to them. But rather than taking their side unconditionally, which may be nice short term, it can be more helpful to point out, in this case, they may not be completely right or think completely straight and so on. In short term, it may be a little bit painful, but if you're a really good friend, you help them in that way much more in long term. Now, I think before we finish, I would like to summarize what is the most important thing that can help us to think better. This applies to both lazy thinking and biased thinking. The, the whole point is when something is important, before just going with immediate thoughts, give yourself a little bit of time to ask a few questions. So in terms of bias thinking, you can ask yourself, do my emotions affect the way I think? Or you can ask yourself, do you have personal reasons to judge the situation in this light? Or is my thinking based on facts or unexamined assumptions? And if you suspect that any of these things color your thinking, what you can do is something called distancing. Distancing means take a step back and look at the situations as it were from outside. That would help you to be more objective and to see the situation more clearly and to think about that situation better. Thank you, Nesh. I think this was very interesting and helpful. Our listeners 
of course, can read everything about reasoning on our website, personalsynthesis.com. Thank you again, Ash. Uh, thank you, Bobby. Just to remind our listeners, please uh, give us ratings. And also, if you have any questions and comments, we would be grateful to receive them and happy to answer any questions that you may have in one of the subsequent episodes.